This is the Healthcare Podcast, your B2B show for the best thought leadership in the industry, bringing you information, education, and inspiration, only on MarketScale. No industry, including sick care, can be fixed from inside. Instead, they've responded to external stimuli. For every one hour that they spend on patient care, the thing that got them interested in medicine to begin with, they're spending up to two hours on EHR data entry. We're seeing a lot of great things, particularly around the ability to predict things that clinicians and consumers care about. Inhale, exhale. Time for your healthy dose. Welcome to the Healthcare Podcast. I'm your host, Shelby Skirhawk. Today, we're talking with Hugo Mercier, CEO of Dream. We're going to talk about the Dream headband and some of the advances that that technology is making. Hugo, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Shelby, for inviting me. The topic that we're talking about, I mean, this is this is something that it affects everybody. And so that's why this technology and this product that, that your company has come up with is pretty innovative. Tell me about the Dream headband. Yeah, definitely. So, so we started the company a little bit more than four years ago. Uh, we started with a, a discovery in neuroscience. We basically observed with a team of neuroscientists that by triggering specific audio stimulations to the brain at very specific moments of the night, we were actually able to enhance the quality of deep sleep. So when you're sleeping, you're going through different sleep stages. You have light sleep, REM sleep, and deep sleep. And deep sleep is one of the most critical stage at night for the recovery of the body and the brain during the night. And so we observed with the team that by triggering this audio stimulation, we were able to significantly enhance the quality of that specific stage. And it was really interesting because this process was at the same time non-invasive because using only sound and very efficient to improve one aspect of our sleep. And so... The product has evolved quite a lot because when we started, we were using traditional laboratory equipment that we called polysomnography or electroencephalograph, which are medical devices used to measure and analyze the activity of the brain at night. And so to go from that very annoying equipment to a product that people can actually really use from their own bedroom uh, with no medical assistance we had to develop tons of technology. So the product has evolved quite a lot, and now we can describe the solution dream as three pillars. So we have the dream band, uh, which is a headband that you put on your head when you go to sleep. You have sensors to measure the brain activity, the breathing frequency, the heart rate. Everything is analyzed by the electronics, which is embedded inside the headband. And based on the algorithm and the analysis of the signal in real time, we are going to trigger some audio programs. So the second pillar is the dream techniques, which are the audio program that we have studied with deep sleep stimulation, which was the first discovery. Uh, so when someone is sleeping, the headband is going to detect the deep sleep stage and then it's going to trigger the audio stimulation in synchronization with the brain activity. But we also observed during our research that it wasn't enough. But sleep is quite a complex problem. So if you want to really solve all kinds of sleep problems, uh, we really needed to develop new techniques. So we started to get interested by other periods of the night and the day. So we developed a series of features, audio programs, to help the user relax and fall asleep faster at the beginning of the night. There are audio programs which are 
calculated in real time based on your physiological activity and which are going to help the user fall asleep faster. And then we developed a smart alarm clock at the end of the night to wake the user up at the optimal time based on a measurement of the stages at night. So we have now techniques at the beginning of the night during deep sleep uh, when you wake up with a smart alarm clock. And now the product is also usable uh, during the day to do naps. So we're also going to help the user you know, to understand the, the, the time of the nap, the duration of the nap, and when to wake up uh, to have a really powerful nap. Um, and we are also proposing to the user to use a headband during the day for relaxation features. So breathing exercise, biofeedback or neurofeedback techniques. And so the third pillar, so we have the dream band, we have the dream techniques, which are audio programs to really help and, and support the user at the most critical moments of the night and the day. Uh, and we have also developed uh, recently the Dream Coach, which is basically the mobile app, which is connected to Dream and, and which is going to support the user during all his journey. So from the understanding of his sleep problems towards the resolution, the app has been really developed to be a personal sleep companion. So inside the app, you have, uh, you have a, a daily feed with daily information on how you slept and some advice uh, which are really individualized. Uh, we understood that for specific cases of bad sleep, uh, we really needed to support our users on a daily basis to understand what is going on, what they should do. And so, uh, for example, one of our programs is a cognitive behavioral therapy program. The World Health Organization is explaining that if you have chronic insomnia, the reference treatment that you should follow are not sleeping pills. It's what we call CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy. So usually you go to and you work on that with a therapist. So you have one session per week during six to eight weeks. And it's going to give you a lot of information and exercise on your behavior and uh, on your cognition in order to help you solve your insomnia issue. So inside the app, inside the Dream Coach, you have a library of programs, including CBT. And now you have other programs uh, for other category of sleepers. That, that's a lot to, to dive into some of this. I think, though, I'm going to be honest, I think a lot of the listeners are already like, okay, sign me up. I want it now. <laughs> so where is it? Where is Dream in the development stages and uh, coming to market in the U.S.? The two first years of the company, we have been focusing on all the technological developments. Uh, we have 25 patents on all the technologies because we had to develop our own technology for the sensors, for the embedded electronics, for the machine learning algorithms. So we commercialized in 2016 our first beta version of the product. And in 2017, we commercialized the final consumer product. So now if you go on our website on dream.com, then you basically see in both Europe and United States, uh, and it's also available, you know, across the globe. Mm -hmm. So definitely the product has been used by our users for a year now. And Dream is spelled D-R-E-E-M. Yes, exactly. So uh, let's go over some of the elements of that audio stimulation in that deep state. What type of uh, what type of audio are we talking about? So for it depends on the feature. So if if we look at deep sleep stimulation, they are what we call pink noise. So so pink uh, is for the color of the sound. They are little short bursts of sounds that we are playing when we detect specific patterns in the brain activity. So when you are in deep sleep, you have what we call slow oscillations. So basically your your brain is doing some up and down uh, steps. And so the idea is when we detect some upset, we basically trigger this pink noise. Mm -hmm. And so the effect is the brain is helped to generate more and longer slow waves. So again, the deep sleep of someone is defined by the brain doing slow waves. 
And so if you do no stimulation, then uh, basically you are going to have slow waves for a few seconds and then they're going to stop. And so what we do is like we are helping the brain to generate longer and uh, bigger slow waves in order to have a better quality of deep sleep. And so we have developed several kinds of features because we understood pretty rapidly that something that is working on someone could not work on someone else. Everyone is different. Everyone has different tastes. And so to have something really efficient, we had to develop different tools. So basically, for example, if you're stressed, you are going to have your heart rate or your bruising frequency too high to be in a good state for falling asleep. People that are stressed have higher breathing frequency and heart rate. And so something that could really work are breathing exercise. So you need to breathe uh, with a specific frequency. And after a few minutes, you will see a big drop in your breathing frequency, but also in your heart rate. It could be really, really powerful. As we have all the sensors embedded inside the dream band, we are able to know exactly what is your current breathing frequency. So we can adapt and adjust the rhythm and the frequency in real time. So it's much more efficient. So it's one example, but we have other kind of these features. For example, if your problem uh, when, when you're trying to fall asleep is because you are doing some mental rumination, so you're thinking about things that are preventing you from falling asleep, uh, then we're going to have more like cognitive exercise. So we're going to play a list of words and we're going to ask the user to concentrate on these words and try to imagine uh, the pictures behind the words. Uh, and so at the very beginning, you know, the words are going to be quite consistent between each other. Uh, they are going to form some kind of story or, or scene. But basically, when we will detect that you're, uh, you're focused enough and you're starting to relax and fall, fall asleep, we're going to change a little bit the meanings of the words. So at the end, you are going to have something which is not really consistent anymore. It's because, you know, when you're sleeping or when you're falling asleep, uh, you're kind of in a dreamy state, right? So you're thinking about something and then something else, but they are not really connecting with each other. So we are trying to, to, to reproduce this, the same element. And it's only possible because we have an access in real time to the brain activity of the user. And so the, the words that are, uh, that are being said, it's basically trying to take your mind off of the things that you are ruminating about and instead have you start imagining what these, these words are saying. And they're all very related at the beginning, so that way you're not, your brain isn't trying to work too hard to be able to connect those things. Exactly. That's exactly. Uh, something that, that you touched on, though, is that the, I guess, the availability to be able to read what is happening real time with the breathing rate and heart rate and all those sorts of things. Uh, that's something that smart bands have tried to emulate. So very early on, Jawbone had such a feature where it was able to detect uh, when you went into different sleep cycles. Now, of course, it didn't have any of this more advanced technology along with it, but um, I think a lot of people will kind of agree with me on that why doesn't the Apple Watch have something like that? Uh, what is it about accurately detecting sleep cycles that requires uh, these specific sensors and this type of a uh, level of technology? You had in the, in the past years uh, quite a big development in, in the wearable market. Uh, so the first trackers were based on the, of the movement during the day. Uh, and then they added some additional things like PPG, so a way to measure your heart rate and the oxygen in your blood. Um, so they were getting more and more complex. But at the end, what you get in the best tracker is the heart rate and the movement. And so when it, can, when it comes to sleep, it's not accurate. So one of the most accurate tracker 
uh, right now for sleep stages. I'm, I'm talking about traditional trackers and not like head, headset or headbands. Uh, but the most accurate one is the Fitbit Ionic. Uh, and Fitbit announced at the sleep conference in, in 2017 the result from one of their study around the accuracy of scoring and detecting accurately the sleep stages. And what the study shows is the fact that they are right only once uh, on, on two. So only 50% of the time, it's accurate. Interesting. Simply because the sleep stage has been defined by the medical community by the brain activity. So the traditional way, if you want to understand how you sleep, is you go to a sleep center, you go to a sleep clinic, and you're going to have some kind of headset on your head, you're going to have some things in your nose, and, and sensors to measure your muscular activity, your eyes activity, uh, in order to really understand what is happening inside your body uh, when you're asleep. Uh, light sleep is defined by specific brain waves. Uh, deep sleep is, de is, de is defined by slow wave activity. REM sleep is defined by very quick uh, activity from the eyes, etc., etc. When you add heart rate, it's slightly better. It's slightly better because you can see, for example, that during REM sleep, which is a state during which you're dreaming, you have your heart rate, which is accelerating slightly. So you can think when you detect that, that it's because you're during REM sleep. But overall, these trackers are only right 50% of the time for the most accurate one. Generally, they are mostly between 20 and 30% right during the night. So it's really, really low, really small. Uh, in our latest study, uh, we proved that the dream headband had an accuracy of 85%. Uh, and 85% is near optimal efficacy uh, because we compared that with doctors. So from one side, you had people wearing a dream headband and you had the dream algorithm running automatically on the data. And from the other side, you had the same people wearing a polysomnography. So basically the equipment that you get in a sleep lab. Uh, and you had doctors in the morning to look at the data and say, you know, which stage it was. And so we compared the two. So from one side, dream and the algorithm, and from the other side, uh, the sleep experts with the polysomnograph. So one of the, the pillars that you mentioned was the smart alarm clock. Um, for people that aren't familiar with that idea, because they're thinking, well, alarm clock's alarm clock, I need to wake up at a certain hour. How does, uh, how does this track your ability to wake up at the optimal time? The idea is that at, at the end of the night, you have specific targets uh, to wake up that are better than other ones. So for example, if you wake up during deep sleep, you're going to be really tired during one after, after you wake up. It's what we call sleep inertia. Uh, during deep sleep, it's really hard to wake you up. So if, if you force your body and your brain to wake up at this stage, you're going to be really tired. So let's say you want to be awakened at 7 a.m. in the morning. So the smart alarm clock will wake you up between 6.40 and 7, but at the optimal time based on the measurement of the brain activity. So on, on the first trackers, it wasn't really accurate because of the lack of accuracy in the measurement and the analysis of the sleep stages. But in the case of Dream, we are waking up our users in 88% of the time in the optimal stage versus 40% of the time with a traditional alarm clock. 
so the early wearable technology, it did have that that smart alarm clock feature. But you're saying that with the dream headband, because the measurements are so much more accurate, the ability to wake you up at the optimal time is a lot better. Uh, one thing that then people have been interested in is, okay, well, what are those optimal times to wake up? And also, when, um, when can I sneak a nap in there? Uh, so my question is, one, is there one time that works for everybody? Is there an average? Or how, how are we able to really tap into the, the best time length for a nap? Yeah, so I, I'd give the same answer than always when it comes to sleep. It depends. So it really depends on, on people. Uh, because so you, we, we all have what we call a chronotype, meaning that uh, sometimes people, you know, uh, are, are more opportunity to sleep better if they go to the bed early or if they go late to the bed or if they wake up early or if they wake up later than the other ones. So it depends on some of your biological elements. Uh, and so the idea is really uh, in our product, we are also helping people to figure out what is your chronotype. So what is the optimal time for you at night to go to bed? What is the optimal time for you to wake up? What is your optimal sleep duration? As we're really, you know, following people over weeks and months, uh, we give them some tools in order to really understand what are their sleep profile. Uh, so again, it depends. Uh, a, a good way of, um, you know, understanding um, what is your optimal, for example, sleep duration is by listening to your body. So if you feel really tired before 11 a.m. in the morning, it probably means that you, you are suffering from sleep deprivation and you're not sleeping enough. Uh, so you can make some experiments. One of the key here is that you need regular schedule for sleep. Regular schedule is really important because uh, your body is regulated by what we call the biological clock. So it's a cycle of approximately 24 hours of, that your body is making and that which is regulated in particular by the light of the sun. That's why, you know, we have in our eyes some kind of sensors that are detecting the light around us. That's why, for example, if we do a long trip, we are going to feel jet lag because the body is not aligned anymore with the current uh, solar clock of the local time. Uh, it's exactly why also we are saying to people, you shouldn't use your smartphone when you're going to bed. Because inside the light of your smartphone, then you have some kind of blue light, which is the, going to say to your eyes, this is light sun, and you should be awakened. So you have now, you know, some kind of fix in, in the iPhone, which is integrated. You have some kind of application that flux, which is going to put a yellow tint on your screen in order to avoid, avoid that blue light going to your eyes. A good nap is when you have sleep pressure. It occurs most of the time after the lunch. So one hour after the lunch, you can feel some kind of sleep urge. Uh, but the most important thing for the nap is to keep it short. There are naps of approximately 20, 30 minutes, but you shouldn't go more than that because after that, you can have some deep sleep stage. And if you pass and you go through deep sleep stage, then when you wake up, you're going to be really tired. And this is also what we propose with the smart nap. We will give you the recommended time to do your nap, and we will give you the recommended duration based on all the data that we have measured in the past weeks. So I have to ask then the you know a lot has been made of the the blue blue light and then Apple's uh, fix with the more yellow tint to it. Does the yellow tint work, or is our mind, or is our, or is it fooling our our brain accurately enough? It works slightly. Of course, it's better having nothing on your screen. Again, what is really recommended because apart from the light. 
the smartphone is doing some kind of hyper-connectivity inside your brain. When you're going to sleep and you need to create some kind of environment around yourself, which is good for your body and your brain to fall asleep. Uh, and smartphone is definitely not a good thing. But again, not everything is applicable in, your, in the real life. What we believe is we need to adapt and adjust the tips and advice based on the lifestyle of the people. Fascinating stuff. I really do appreciate all your time. And I think uh, everybody that's listening to this is, uh, is definitely uh, more aware of their sleep. And either they are ready to go out and get something like this or they're going to go take a nap because they're realizing they are tired. They've got that sleep pressure and they need to, uh, to take better care of themselves and better care of their sleep patterns. Hugo, thank you so much. And thanks to you listeners for listening to today's episode. If you'd like to find out more or listen to previous episodes, you can head to marketscale.com industries. Subscribe to articles, podcasts, and video. Until next time, I'm your host, Shelby Skirhawk.